0: The Melchizedek Priesthood, Breaking Down Established Thought Patterns by John Armitage. The Alpha and Omega order of Melchizedek is the order of light, of love. It's as well to understand that everything has its dark or shadow side, so there's also a dark Melchizedek order, and they're doing very good work, pushing people's buttons, getting them into the light. But the Alpha and Omega order of Melchizedek is actually hundreds of millions of members of the order on the planet right now, often known as the Melchizedek priesthood. What happens is, when it's time for a planet to start moving on, when it's time for the people of a planet to start moving on, many, many of the Melchizedek priests and priestesses start incarnating. And they're the troublemakers, or they're seen by established philosophical schools as troublemakers, because they just break everything up. We ain't taking that shit no more, that this is how it's done stuff. We've got better ways of doing that. That is what brings the walls down. Established philosophical schools all operate within very, very definable parameters. And if you go outside those parameters, they'll say to you, boy, you've got no chance. You've stepped outside the confines of this philosophy. And when I say stepped outside the confines of this philosophy, Truly, those words echo in the mind all the times when you've actually done something which sort of winds things up, gets other people going, even just down to small things. For instance, what have we, as the new paradigm multidimensional transformation Shambhala family, done to the Reiki work, shook it to its very foundations, especially in some of the European countries? It's just come tumbling down around their ears. There's so many of them. Take the Netherlands, Holland, over 16 million people living in a hole in the North Sea. That's basically what Holland is, a hole in the North Sea. There's probably not more than 200 to 300 square miles of the Netherlands that's above sea level. I always figured they're reincarnated Atlanteans waiting for the waves to come in again. It's a really crazy, lovable country. In 1998, the Reiki Alliance in Holland actually called up the center in Tilburg and asked them or begged them not to host any more of our workshops. They said, this man is ruining our livelihood. This man is breaking down the whole system and we don't like it. So now they can't charge 30,000 guilders, that's 3,000 pounds English, to become a Reiki master. The Reiki Alliance is still charging $10,000 for master attunements in the United States. Actually, there are people in the U.S. who have parted with over $25,000 and still not had a Reiki master certificate at the end of it. So I've enjoyed doing that in Britain and in Europe, and perhaps we're on our way to doing it in the U.S. as well. Even in India, they were charging $10,000 for master attunements. In India! Your average person there hasn't got 10 rupees, never mind 10,000 sterling. It's incredible. In the New Paradigm Multidimensional Transformation Shambhala family, now we probably have, at the latest update, uh, which is probably a year ago, 1999, is that there are 5,500 activated to the Shambhala energies in the Madras area alone. One lady from Belgium who has great connections there gave her guru the fourth level attunements and her guru is just giving everybody attunements, all comers, free of charge. That was 18 months ago. How many are there now? Everything is starting to break down there. We're going to achieve that in the U.S. as well so that when someone quotes $10,000, people are just going to break out laughing. How much? (laughs) So this is just one thing that the Order of Melchizedek has done. We're also breaking down other established thought patterns as well, like the bastions of New Age fundamentalism. My thing is just to break down all those because New Age fundamentalism is alive and well on planet Earth. You see, some of the Christian fundamentalists and Jewish fundamentalists and Islamic fundamentalists have just seen the New Age as something they can bring their fundamentalism into it. So you must have all come across it. What? You eat meat? You drink alcohol? Somebody once said to me in a workshop, How can you drink beer and channel? I said, It's dead easy, but you have to take the bottle away from your mouth first. It's the same as the food thing. This isn't a criticism of those who have vegetarian diets. But I would like to point out to you, each and every one of you, that there is only a limited number of people on earth who can actually survive in a healthy way on a vegetarian diet. The reason is that we have different food blood groups in human bodies and different blood groups need different food. Different blood groups actually came here from different star systems. Some can survive very well on vegetables and others just can't at all. So what is actually being said to you here? And maybe it'll be useful information for you or maybe I'll send you into processing, who cares? is that if you feel like eating meat, do it. I hear so many vegetarians say, God, I've really been craving meat for the last two years. Well, why haven't you been eating it if you've been craving it? Because your body is telling you, I need meat. I myself was a vegetarian fundamentalist for over 25 years. I was so fussy, I wouldn't eat in restaurants when I was traveling, even in India. The only place you'll get pure vegetarian food in India as if the restaurant says it's vegetarian. I wouldn't even eat food if I didn't know how it was prepared. That's how fundamental I was. My health was never very good during that period, and I never had a lot of energy. I must have had pneumonia three times. I had TB, and I was always down with something or other. Listless, pale, and all the rest of it. Just no energy whatsoever. About five or six years ago, in in the mid-90s, I was visiting these people in the bottom part of England, and they presented me with an English Sunday dinner, roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, crucified vegetables. Do you know why the English were great empire builders? Because they sent people out looking for decent food. Anyway, they had meat, gravy, and everything else, and set it on the table in front of me. They were so pleased to have me go and see them, and they were really treating me with so much respect and everything else. I sat there and looked at it, and I thought, well, what are you going to do now then? Are you going to tell them, I don't want this, I'm a vegetarian? And it flashed into my mind a story about a hero of mine, somebody that I really, really respect. He's passed over now long since, but he's called Swami Vivekananda. He was a great devotee of a man called Ramakrishna, and Ramakrishna was an Indian whose thing was to integrate Western and Indian spirituality, Christianity, and Hinduism. The system of philosophy that he taught is actually known as Vedanta. Anyway, Swami Vivekananda was a great person. He came to the U.S. in 1945 to a world religious conference in Chicago. It was the first time that a Hindu had ever spoken at one of these world conferences. He told this story in his memoirs an American couple, asked him to dinner, and they gave him roast beef. Well, he's a Hindu, and cows are holy. So he was sitting there, eating the roast beef, saying, This is really nice. What's this? He'd never tasted it in his life before. They said, It's beef. And he said, What's that? And they said, It comes from cows. Whoops. He said that his immediate reaction was to turn away from the table and be sick. And he said, then some kind of sanity came to me, and I realized that these people had given me their hospitality, that they really liked me, and they'd gone out of their way to give me this food. So I ate the food. So that's what came into my mind as I sat there, Swami Vivekananda in my head saying, remember the story about Chicago? And I said, yeah, so I ate the food. Later in the night I was lying on my bed and I was processing. I was thinking, shit, Das, you're going backwards. God, what did you do? Why did you do that? etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there was a flash of light and Jermaine was standing there. Not an unusual occurrence. So he went, What's the matter with you then, my brother? Ah oh man, I'm freaking out. I've been eating meat and all that, and it's really terrible. What a terrible day it's been. Slipping away, slipping away to the darkness, eating cows, and all the rest of it. He said, so you think you're qualified to judge the level of consciousness of the beings on planet Earth? I said, what do you mean? He said, don't you realize that everything is life? Vegetables are alive. You've been eating vegetables. Are you saying that they have a lower level of consciousness than animals? do you think you're qualified to judge this? Then I thought, I'm getting a working over now for sure. He said, everybody's got habits on planet earth and it's about time you got over this vegetarian habit of yours. So then he went on to point out to me about different blood groups and eating different food. He said, now and in the coming years, you won't be able to live on a vegetarian diet. You've managed to get by with it so far but you're going to be doing so much traveling and so much work that you would just lose your body in no time if you try to keep this up. So I suggest that you actually kick the habit. I said, you reckon it's a habit then, Jermaine? He said, yep, it's just the same as the other habits that human beings have. Which leg do you put your trousers on first every morning? I said, "Uh, I think it's the right one. He said, well, that's a habit. Why don't you try putting the left one in for a change now and again? That will help you to break the habit. Which arm do you first put into your shirt when you put it on? Change it. Which shoe do you put on first? Change the habit. You're all full of habits, you humans. You should start to understand that. Just if it goes into a joke, really, because after that I said to him, Well, okay, Jermaine, I totally understand what you're saying. So the next day, when I left there, I went to Burger King and ordered a double Whopper and cheese and bacon. And since then, I haven't looked back. So that's how I broke my vegetarian habit. But this fundamentalism is really alive and well in this New Age movement, which we kind of loosely belong to, New Age spirituality or whatever you call it. So learn to have fun before the mental. If you learn to have fun before the mental, everything works easier. If your body asks for meat, just give it meat. Don't freak out about it. If your body doesn't ask for meat, well, then don't eat it. You aren't being told that you won't get anywhere if you eat meat or don't eat meat. You've just been given useful information that may help you to run your body to be healthy. It's the same as the people who think that alcohol is detrimental to spiritual life or whatever. Sometimes your body might say a good slug of bourbon would be cool. So go for a good slug of bourbon or a bottle of wine. Whatever you need, just do it. Whatever you need in your life, just do it. Don't say, well, I can't do this because I am whatever, don't actually repress yourselves because if you keep the lid on a boiling pot, what happens in the end is that something explodes. And explosions are much harder to deal with than going with the flow. So that's Germaine's bit of wisdom for you on fundamentalism. There's not actually that many people who've been able to live with the Melchizedek consciousness at this time in this civilization. But the directives from the central sun, from my I am presence, is to start linking people with this consciousness because what it actually does is to help you hold the higher vibrations. In other words, you don't get so easily bogged down. Also, I think that being linked with the Melchizedek consciousness makes it easier for this higher vibration to come through you. Helps with the channeling process and other things as well. So again, you can do it or not do it. If you feel it's appropriate to you, say you accept it. And if you don't, say you don't accept it. It's as simple as that. You might ask your I am presence. Everybody will go through processes eventually, or the workshop wouldn't work. It's simple. What it all involves is changes in consciousness, making adjustments in your thought patterns and everything.